last week, I started a new series titled Raise. And the subtitle is Run, Don't Look Back, Don't Stop Anywhere. The anchor scripture is Genesis 19 and the verse 17, reading from the New Living Translation. When they were safely out of the city, one of the angels ordered, Run for your lives and don't look back or stop anywhere in the valley. Escape to the mountains or you will be swept away. So life is a race with three key instructions. Run for something. Don't look back and don't stop anywhere. These instructions were given to Lot and his family when God has sent angels to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. And I think these instructions are also, um, also applied to our lives today. Um, life is a race governed by three instructions. You must run this race for something. They were supposed to run for their lives. You must run for something. You must run because of a marriage. You must run because of a job. You must run because of your children. You must run for something. There should be something that is driving you in life. And then you don't have to look back. So last week, we looked at run for your life. Run for your life. And I shared with you what you should do to run for your life. For I stated that if you are not running... Without, if you are running without a purpose, sleeping is a better option. I went on to show you how you can run for something. Today, I want to look at race part two. And the theme for part two is don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. Don't look back. Sometimes when we fail... To create a mental picture of our future and we don't see the hope for tomorrow, we try to fall back to the past. When we have not achieved anything in our present, we try to look at our past glory to console ourselves. Today, I want you to detach from your past and move on to the future. I do not want you to look back anymore and I'm going to share principles that can help you to let go of the past and move on to the future. There are better days ahead. And until you see those better days ahead, you will look at the bad days behind and get hurt and get bitter and get stuck in your past. But I see some better days ahead. I see some promising future that you must be working towards. Now, Isaiah 43, the verses 19 and 18, the Bible says, forget the former things, do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. So God always has something new that he's doing. And the only way you can see that new thing that God is doing is for you to forget the past. 
I don't know what is in the past. It may be the disappointment. It may be a failure. It may be someone who has hurt you. It may even be an achievement. But God says, forget the past. Do not dwell on the past. See, I am doing a new thing. And I see God doing a new thing in your life. And the reason why God sent me here to bring this message to you is because prophetically, it is time for something new to unfold in your life. You are sick and tired of that old thing happening in your life all the time. Life is so boring because every day you wake up to the same thing. But I can prophesy to you on the authority of my calling and based on my relationship with God that I can see God doing something new in your life. God will never send a prophet your way with a message like this for you if he's not going to do something new in your life. How many of you believe that God is going to do something new in your life? How many of you believe that this message is for you? And how many of you believe that if you were the only the person in this room, I will still have preached this message because this message is for you. If you are the one I'm talking about, I will hear your loudest amen. Now, there are three things successful people know. There are three things. Now, when you see anybody who is successful, that person knows three things. One, they know where they are going. Two, they know how to get there. And three, they know when to get there. Now, if you know these three things, you won't look back. You will keep moving into the future. And tonight, I want to share these three things with you. Number one, knowing where you are going. And also, for those who know where they are going, they also do three things. They do three things. They look to the future. They go forward. And they stay focused. Three things successful people do, they know where they are going. They know how to get there. They know when to get there. And then knowing where you are going, there are three things that you will do. You will look into the future. You will go forward. And you will stay focused. So let's pick the first thing that people who know where they are going, the first thing they do they look into the future. They look into the future. Jeremiah 29 verse 11. For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord. Plans to give you hope and a future. Plans to give you hope and a future. God has no plans for your past. He has no plans for your past. He has a plan for your future. So if we sit down looking at your past and hanging on to things that have happened in the past and you are unable to forgive, you are unable to move on, God has no plans for that. When Jesus died for you, he dealt with your past. What is left is that God has a certain plan for your future. And as you look into the future, you discover those plans. May God help you to discover the plans for your future. In the name of Jesus. May nothing hold you to your past. May nothing hold you to your past. You must look into the future. 
you must believe God and gaze into the future. You must allow God to open your eyes to see the plans he has for you in the future. In the future. You eventually become what you allow to occupy your mind. And your mind has the capacity to travel 10 years into, your, into the future. Barack Obama, 12 years before he became president, was being introduced to a man. And the person introducing him said, I'm introducing to you the future president of America. He said when the man introduced him like that, the words of the man just sank into his spirit. From that time, he started seeing himself as the president of America. Twelve years later, he became the president of America. The future you see, you become. Are you here? The future you predict, you become. There is no future anywhere apart from what you see. I told you when I was young, my teacher asked me what I wanted to become. I was in class four. I said I wanted to be a pastor and a and a teacher. Today, I'm a pastor and a teacher. What I saw in the future, I have become. What I claimed, I have become. There is so much power in imagination. Especially when it is a God-given imagination. When your imagination is inspired by God. There is so much in that future. Dream big. See that future. Believe it. You can become that lawyer. You can become that engineer. You can become that bishop. You can become that billionaire. If you stay your mind on it and work hard towards entertainment, there is so much power in your thinking that as a man thinketh, so he see. You eventually become what you think about. Years ago, an experiment was done. A man was put in a prison. And then the other room beside him, every morning he heard someone screaming there. Then the next morning, another room, you hear somebody screaming there. And the prison warden will come to him and say, Your turn will come. Do you know what you are doing to them? We are putting their hands in hot water. Say so your turn will come very soon. We'll come and put your hands in hot water. They did this for a period of time. Then one morning they opened his prison door. They came to him, put hot water, boiling water before him, and blindfolded him. And when they blindfolded him, they took the boiling water from there and put cold water in front of him. Then they dip his hands in the cold water. He started screaming. When they took the blindfold away and brought his hands out, he had blisters all over his hands. So even though his hands were put in cold water, his mind, his mind interpreted that he was in hot water. And that had effect on him. The power of the mind. When you use the mind to imagine things. You remember the story of the Tower of Babel. God could, God said, once these people have imagined, they would do it. 
Once they have imagined something, they will do it. So you know what God did? God had to separate them. Listen, don't use this brain of yours God has given you to think evil about people. To think about your past failures. Your brains must be occupied by the positive thing that you want, that God has placed in you. And you will eventually become. May God renew your mind today. And may you see the future with the eyes of your imagination. May God show you a powerful future. You know the thing about looking into the future and seeing all those opportunities in the future is that it builds faith in you. It gives you hope and brings life to you. You see, when you are discouraged in life and you give up on life, eh, your present attitude is so bad. You have an attitude of a loser. When the present place church started an uncompleted classroom, every Sunday morning I was going to service. I went with such conviction. I went with such joy. I went with such commitment. Because I was not seeing that uncompleted classroom with Auntie Becky and her children and mommy and myself. No, I was seeing you. I was seeing the future. I was seeing the hundreds that will come in the future. I was seeing it. So even though there were only few people in the room, I was preaching like you are now in hundreds. I have not seen the hundreds. I am seeing the thousands. Are, are you here? And what, what motivates me to do the things I do is what I see in the future, not what I see now. Are you here? May God open someone's eye to see something in the future. May God open someone's eye to see something in the future. Now you know, the thing about seeing in the future is that it makes you move forward. So those who look to the future actually go forward. God designed everything to move forward. God did. Here are four things that will hold you from moving, going forward. The past that haunts you. We all have things we have done in the past that are terrorizing us today. There are people sitting here right now that they can't talk about their past because they have done very bad things in the past. But you know something? Forgive yourself. Do you know your future answers your past? So, you may have been an armed robber yesterday, but if tomorrow you are able to transform yourself into a pastor, transform yourself into a successful man, you can stand anywhere and say, I was an armed robber before. But if you stop being an armed robber, yet you look like an armed robber, you cannot say, I was an armed robber before. Because people will still say, you are still an armed robber. So don't let the past haunt you. Forgive yourself. Forgive yourself of the mistakes you have done. And move on. And move on. Don't let it keep you at one place. Forget it and move on. You are not the only one who has made a mistake in life. Others have made worse mistakes. And yet, they have moved on. 
the first female president of Liberia, I think had a first child when she was in a teen age. Had a child when she was in a teen age. And in African culture, when you were a teen age mother, everybody rejects you. But look at her. She came back, fought hard, and eventually became the president of her country. I am sure when she became pregnant as a teenager, there were other teenagers that were going to university. They looked at her as someone who has failed. Yet, she became the president of that country. She answered her past by not allowing her mistakes to take hold of her. Many people might not forgive you for your mistakes. That is not your problem. Your problem is you refusing to forgive yourself for your mistakes. If God even forgives you, if God even forgives you and you don't forgive yourself, it will still not, if God forgives you, it will have an effect eventually about for you going to heaven, but it will not have effect on your immediate life if you don't forgive yourself. The reason why you repeat the mistake of the past is because you are not forgiving yourself. That's why you keep repeating it. And at one point, you know what you will say. You will say, this is who I am. This is how I am. This is the way I was created. I was created to be repeating these mistakes. Don't be like a dog who goes back to his vomit. It's a doggy spirit. There's also the past that hurts you. The past that hurts you. Everybody has been hurt before. Everybody has been offended before. If you don't learn how to forgive people, those people will hold you to the past. They will hold you to the past. Get out from the ashes. Clean it from yourself and move on. Let people say you are weak because you didn't turn back to fight. You are too busy moving forward that you are not ready to turn around and fight the bitter people behind you. You are going. You are moving. 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 One time there was a guy who was driving and there was another car behind him making noise with the horns. Pum, 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 pum. These were boys who were just joking and making this thing. And then he kept going, he kept going. At one point, he get irritated and tried to turn around to see those guys making noise. Guess what happened? Because he turned a little to see those making noise, he ran into the one bar in front of him. You see, the mistake you make ahead of you is as a result of your attention to giving attention to those behind you. Are you here with me? Forget the former things. Forget the former things. And move on, move on. Who has not been hurt before? Who has not been hurt before? Who has not been offended before? Every single day you wake up, somebody will say something. Somebody will do something. That will hurt you so much. But you know something? The reason why that day ends and God gives you a new day is because God wants you to start afresh. When you wake up every morning, start life afresh. When you wake up every morning, start life afresh. Just say to the Lord, Father, thank you for giving me a new day. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to make right the wrongs of yesterday. I am not holding on to yesterday anymore. I am moving on and I am going and I am going ahead and I am moving ahead. That is why you should be doing with your life. 
every morning you wake up when the sun rises and you rise together with the sun please keep moving keep moving keep moving keep moving people who brought tears to your eyes do not deserve your attention anymore the next time they see a tear in your eye it will be the tears of joy The past that holds you. Sometimes we get addicted so much to things in our past that we are unable to let it go. There are even people who are friends in the do what was supposed to be in the past. We are so addicted to them. They don't add anything to our lives, yet we are so addicted to them. Sometimes we are addicted to certain behaviors that we cannot let it go. We just cannot let it go. I know a man, a man who landed a good job, a job that took him to New York. The man's problem was that he loved, he loved alcohol. But this, when you were, when you were nobody and you were drinking alcohol and nobody was talking about it, that, 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 you could, he couldn't take that to the next level. And this man once walked into his office and he was drunk. And here, was, here comes his um, boss. That day, he lost his job. There are some things, there are some things when you are nobody, you can do them. But when you become a somebody, you can't do them anymore. There are some things whilst you were single, you could do them. You get married, you can't do them anymore. There are some things when you were a boy, you could do them. But when you become a man, you couldn't do them anymore. Are you here? So please, be careful what holds on to you. You need to consistently look at your life and let some things go and move into a new era. If that, there are some times you need to change your clothes and move on. When Joseph was called from the prison by Pharaoh, the Bible said that he changed his clothes and shaved. He let some things go. He, he let some things go and moved. When God is moving you into a new corridor of influence and power, he expects you to get ready for it. If Joseph had gone to meet Pharaoh in his prison clothes, unkempt, hair not cut, beard not shaved, Pharaoh would have driven him away. You may have all the uh, skills to interpret my dreams, but you do not present yourself well. Listen, new opportunities requires the new you. New levels requires the, demands the new you. And you must know when you must be new and let the past go. When Jesus called the blind Bartimaeus, the Bible says he cast away his garment. That was a garment for the blind. He cast it away. He cast it away. When Jesus is calling me, let the blind garment be cast away. That was an act of faith. It was an act of faith. And that was why he saw that was why he saw you can't put new wine in an old wine skin. You can't put new wine in an old wine skin. God wants to do something new in your life, and you are still that old person. And God is saying, No matter what I do, what opportunity I give you, you are going to waste it. Never be addicted to anybody. One of the things I love about Chess's owner. Of course, I love everything about Chelsea. But what I love about Chelsea's owner is the fact that, is the fact that the man, the man, eh? 
he's not, he's not emotionally attached to anybody or to anything. Look at Lampard being a Chelsea's coach. Lampard was his boy. They are going to become friends. But I say, buddy, you can't handle this. Let someone else come. Let someone else come. Sometimes, eh? You don't have to be emotionally, be emotionally attached to things that are not benefiting your life. Some of you have shoes that you can't wear anymore. But you say, hey, Charlie, when I was a child, I used to like it. So you must be there. I was a child, I used to like it. So it must be there. No, but it's a reflection of how how emotionally you attach to things. It's not only the shoe. The shoe is only a, a, a message to you. It's a message that God is telling you that the fact that you cannot let your childhood shoe go means that there are so many things in your life that you can't let go. Sometimes the things that hinders you from going forward is the past that heals you. If your last achievement impressed you so much, it will keep, it has kept you standing on one place. Every achievement is a stepping stone, not a settling stone. The more you achieve, the more you should be hungry to achieve more. Are you here? You build a chamber and hall building, that should not be the end of it. You know that I'm going to build two bedrooms. Immediately you finish the two bedrooms, you are thinking about the next thing. What do I do again? I should build three bedrooms. Maybe you finish three bedrooms, I should be building story buildings. Once you start building story buildings, you are looking forward to building estates. Your life must not come to an end. The, the, the worst that can ever happen to you is to do something and be so impressed with it that you decide, I won't do anything again. One young man died recently, very pitiful death. He finished his last examination and he decided to do the backflip and he went bad and he died. What kind of celebration is this? Because the better examinations are coming. The examination of life, the examination of life is better than the one he just completed. But he thought he has finished, he has finished. A lady completed university in Nigeria. And I think Nigeria is a culture that when you fill the university, they write things in their, um, this thing. She decided to write, um, like no more cheating or examination, more practices or something. I mean, he wrote something that now the university called her. I said, okay, your message means that you cheated to get here. So we are taking the degree, everything from you. Don't be too impressed. Don't be so excited about the things that I, when we came here, I said we'll be here for five years. I'm already reviewing my notes. I'm already reviewing my notes. I'm already seeing something bigger. I'm already something bubbling in my spirit. I'm just, I'm just, I'm just moving. I'm just, I just feel I can do something more powerful, greater. We just went to a graduation at Kempinski. As I sat down there, I was looking at their conference room. I just said to myself, oh God. Where we are, it does not befit, befit us anymore. 
and we have been here for less than one year. I still feel, whoa, it doesn't befit us anymore. We have to move on again. We have to move. So don't be surprised if I come and I say, we are pulling the tent down and we are coming out with something. Don't be surprised. Every living thing grows. If you are alive, your life will grow. Unless you are dead. If you are dead, it will be the same. Do you know some people, they have slept on the same bed, in the same position. Their rooms have been arranged the same way for the last 10 years. And they don't feel bored. And they feel say that, ah, out of my bedroom, when I enter there, I am happy. You are dead. At least if you can't even rent a new house, change your bed. Change the best position. Some people have slept on the same bed sheet for one year. And they say this bed sheet is a good bed sheet, though. It's a very good bed sheet. The same way I bought it is the same. Please, the color should be boring to you by now. It should be, it should be boring. It should be boring. You want to change it. The only constant in life is change. The only constant thing in life is change. And if I'm telling you, if you are alive, if you are alive, you see growth around you all the time. You see expansion of things around you all the time. You see moving things around you all the time. When I finished that Christ um, now Amon Square, when I finished the Accra Business School building, I said I'm going to relax. I won't build again for the next five years. Now I'm planning. I'm planning. I'm just planning to do something different. I'm alive. I'm growing. Are you here? And naturally, every last achievement encourages me to do more. The next thing you find about people the next thing you find about people who are successful is that they know how to get to where they are going. So you are looking at how, knowing where you are going. Now, knowing how to get to where you are going. So I know where I'm going in life. I guess many of you here know how you, where you are going in life. But hey, here's the thing. How do you get to where you are going? How do you get there? You may know there, but you may never get there. You may know that, but you may never get there. Some of you have been on a journey for very long, but have never made progress. Let me show you something. Number one, if you want to get to where you are going, observe the road signs and avoid dangers. Observe the road signs and avoid dangers. You know, there were times where Jesus himself withdrew because some people wanted to stone him. And even though he was God, he could have called angels to protect him, but he withdrew. Sometimes you must know the dangers ahead and do everything to avoid them. Predict the future. Know how you can get there and get there easily. And I'll talk more about this on the third one. And then obey the road regulations. But So let me move the third one actually answers all this. And the final, the third and the final one. Third and the final one. Knowing when to get there. So we are looking at that you must know where you are going. You must know how to get there. 
and then you must know when to get there. Time, so you, you may know where you are going, you may know how to get there, but you must make sure you get there on time. You must make sure you get there on time. So you see people who don't look back, they are going, they arrive on time. See, life has a lifespan. And the shortest, the shortest distance in life, eh, the shortest distance in life is when you were born and when you die. I'm telling you. Because, listen, even if you live for 80 years, it's still a very short time. Even people never accomplish their purpose after living even for 100 years. Because at one point in your life, do you know why people retire at 60? Because at 60, you are deemed to have lost your passion, lost your creativity. You should be resting. So you have 60 years to do whatever you want to do. And the first 25 years of that 60 years, you are in school trying to build your skills. Trying to establish. For those of us in Africa, actually, even the first 30 years, we are so strong, struggling to settle down and to find rhythm in life. So, you have 30 years to work, give birth, raise a family, build houses, invest for the future for your children. So, life is the shortest distance you ever cover your life from the, when you were born to when you would die. So, you have no time to waste at all. You have no time to waste at all. And let me suggest a few things to you how to beat the time and be ahead of time and become successful. And you can make it happen with the help of God. You can make it happen. Number one, measure the distance. Never get yourself involved in an endless journey. An endless journey. If a man decides to, to, to um, date you, you must know when he wants to marry. Never propose to a woman when you don't have in mind when you want to marry. And never accept a proposal from a man who cannot tell you, I'll marry you in a year or in two years. You will stay in that relationship for the rest of your life. Oh, I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Never engage yourself in anything in life that does not show you the end of it. That is why successful people will say, I'm starting this. He will draw a strategic plan from day one to the end. We should end at this day. Do you know why Africa, we are poor? Because we never end the thing we start. Our governments have abandoned projects. There are more abandoned projects in this country than the completed projects. The ones that are not abandoned are sometimes 10 years behind time. And the more you delay in doing things, the more expensive it gets. Not only in projects, but even in your own life. The more you delay in going to school, you are being in the university, a course that you should take four years to complete, you are still in that course, eight years, you are still there. Always measure the distance. Anything you do, know when you want to start and when you want to end it. Always. You see how frustrating it is to be making a long journey. You go, sir, I was flying with my children one day 
And Titibia, who is just like me, doesn't like traveling. I, I don't want to get myself involved in things that are, that are, has endless distance. So I don't travel very long distances. I don't like those things. Titibia will come to me in the place, Daddy, are we there yet? I said, Titibia, this is about six hour journey, almost seven hours. We've just done 30 minutes. Daddy, then she will go. Daddy, are we there yet? When we get there, you will know. You understand? Listen, don't be like Tetebia. Get yourself involved in a distance course. You didn't ask me, Daddy, how long are we going to travel? When Mami um, Sawatu uh, was little, we were going to Kakum National Park to have some family fun. And then we, get, we got to Kaswa. Then she came, asked me in the car, Daddy, are we at all? Are we, are we there? Are we getting there? I said, Mommy, we are not starting. Are, are you here with me? Now, now, choose alternatives. Now, all the time, listen. I live on the Sprinters Road, and when I'm going to town, I have alternatives. So I can't attend any meeting with the excuse that I can't attend any meeting late with the excuse that there was traffic on the Sprinters Road. No. Because I could use the um, motorway, use the Bush Road, which is no longer Bush, but still has a name, Bush Road. That's why you should be careful when you get a nickname because it will stick with you forever. So Bush Road. So I have the Bush Road. I have the Tishy Road. The Beach Road. I have now I have the Bema Hills Road. So I have different alternatives to get to my destination. Please, in life, don't take one route. If the route is not moving you faster and closer to your destination, change it. Are, are, you, are you here? Change it. All my life, I have been dreaming to do this. All my life, I have been dreaming to do this. Keep dreaming. You must wake up one day to reality. Wake up, Elio. For dream, and you dream. Every nice dream, you will keep dreaming, you keep dreaming, and then eventually, it will turn into a nightmare. So sometimes I wake up from your dream. I know people who have very nice dreams, nice dreams, and then they wake up. And then they sleep again to continue their dream. <laughs> How many of you have done that before? Yeah. Ah, yeah, 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 yeah. You want to go back to sleep again so that you can continue with the dream. Yeah. Oh, I mean, something some has happened to me before. When the dream was the sweetest part of it. And then, and then I just woke up. Then I said, Why? Then I tried to sleep again. Let me continue. I tried. I tried. Now I wanted to create the dream myself. I couldn't. But that's how some people's lives are. They just imagine things. They just, they just, they're just there. They're in the Cinderella world. And things, things will happen. Please choose alternative routes. There are alternative routes to be able to get to your destination on time. That's why in life... There's GPS. Once you sit in your car and you key in the address to where you are going, 
GPS will actually take you through the shortest route in getting there. Sometimes there's what we call the traffic jam routes. The traffic jam routes. I've always said to people how, how I'd roadmap my ministry. There were so many things I could do in ministry, but others were doing them. So I decided to choose something unique, something that most people, most pastors are not doing. I branded myself as a pastoral entrepreneur. Decided to chart a course that most pastors will not chart. I saw, I saw a group of pastors doing a similar thing, a group of pastors doing this. There were too many. Then I saw one pastor doing something that most people don't do. I said, okay, this road is less traveled. Let me use that road. I will catch up with those who have gone ahead of me. It has really worked for me. The spirit has really worked for me. Some people somewhere will say, ah, is that how we do ministry? I've always said to charismatic pastors, say, our major problem is that we are too spiritual. We need our strategy. There are two S's that can make anybody successful in life. Spirituality and strategy. If we are too spiritual without a strategy, you become heavily conscious but utterly useless. If you are, you are too strategic without spirituality, you become utterly useful but you miss heaven. So you must have a blend of both. You must have a blend of both because you need the favor of God and the favor of men. Whatever you bind in heaven is bound on earth. Whatever you lose in heaven is lose. There's a connection between heaven and earth. And that connection that you must find. So I avoided the traffic jam routes. Because there's some, listen, somebody at the age, you are old in life already, you advance in, then you decide to take a career path that would take you another 10 years. By the time you achieve your, this thing, you'll be retiring. Nobody will hire you. Are you here? Such a once in a while, you hear a testimony of somebody who is 70 and went to law school. Once in a while, and then you feel motivated. Oh, I have a future. If this person, there's a future for me. But you see, it's an isolated case. The best practice is that people who become lawyers early in their lives become successful. Are you here? At some point in your life, you lose a bit of passion, you lose a bit of creativity, you lose a bit of things. I mean, it's natural. It's, it's natural. Okay, so whatever you want to do, do it early. Do it very early. Marry early. Have children early. I was just telling a group of young men in my office. I just sat them down. And I said, let me tell you something. I think Kevin and his friends, oh yeah, they came to me. All of them around the same age. And then some of my staff came in. I said, you see, you, I said, you see in football, by the time you hit 30, they call you old man. You have come on retirement at 30. Because of the energy with which people play football. So at 30 in football, people, your value is down. In Chelsea, when you are 30, they don't give you more than one year contract. Your value goes down. They slash your pay, you know, and make you feel like you are nobody. Manchester is so frustrated, they signed a 36-year-old man. And yesterday scoring goal, they are happy. But the journey is foul. You get it? So I was telling this young man, I was telling this young man, I said, I said, I said, the energy in having sex 
It's just like the same energy in playing football for 90 minutes. So if, if around 30 years footballers are retiring, and you decide to marry around 30 years, you are retiring in your sex life. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Oh, yes. I married at 24, and I was intentional about it. Because, because, because for a long time, I know that um, sex is like football. You, you, you are strong at early age. Around 28, you are picking your career, you know. Around 30, you start nose diving, etc., etc. So I married very early, enjoyed life. So all the men who are waiting to try to make sure you get everything in life before you marry, I'm just warning you. The ladies are laughing a lot. Because I'm speaking for them. They, they want to say, marry us early. Come and marry us, brothers. Come. Come. Remember thy wife in the days of thy youth. Remember to marry in the days of thy youth. For a night cometh. When Kojaki can do nothing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There are also what I call the roadblock routes. You know, there are some things where you take upon yourself to do. People will immediately begin to doubt you. So, so even, even now, when you say you're a pastor, there are a lot of roadblocks. There are a lot of roadblocks. One of my sons was going to marry a lady. They lead to their son home and to their father. Oh, this is um, the guy I want to marry. But the father said, oh, so what do you do? He said, I'm a pastor. The father's face changed. When he said, no, 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 no. The pastors who have come around them. The only thing that saved the guy was that the lady said, oh, he said, Bishop, did your first pastor? Oh, uh, okay. He said, he's, 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 okay, okay. Then I uh, down. So my brand covered for that guy. You know, there are a lot of roadblocks. Now, if we're even a politician, there's a roadblock for you. The roadblocks are put in places where armed robbers pass a lot, where bad people pass a lot. The police has come to see me that I should pay for a roadblock here, here. I'm going to pay for them to put a roadblock on this road. Because now they are beginning to feel that there are some people coming to the area and there must be a roadblock. So sometimes you, you, you behave in a way where people put roadblocks before you. And you don't go anywhere. That's where you feel very frustrated and you start looking back. So sometimes you so that's why listen, you must have a good history. You must behave well. And you must you must pursue things that have very high standards. Okay? Don't just say people make people make money in politics. Sometimes I'm going to be a politician. Well, Try and see. There is what I call the long distance routes. The long distance routes, there are certain careers and things where you get yourself involved in. You take you a long time. My little girl, Tetebia, always said she wanted to be a doctor. And I've been encouraging her to do it. Then one day she came, said, I don't want to be a doctor again. 
How do you want to become? I want to, I want to be a journalist. I said, why, why do you want to be a journalist? So, for a doctor, I will be in school for a long time. For journalists, I will finish early. <laughs> see, 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 the small girl is thinking that, that way. So sometimes you also have to look at yourself, especially look at your age, where you have reached in life, and make smart choices and smart decisions. Listen, it is not every time that you must pursue what you think you are passionate about. No, sometimes you have to sit down, be realistic, look at your life, and make a decision. When I was doing my masters, my masters, there were people who were working in government institutions who were coming on retirement, who didn't know what they were going to do with their lives, and decided to get sponsorship. If you have, if you have two years to retire, and come and do a master's that is two years, what are you going to do? That's your retirement trophy. Finish and go and do something. So, look at sometimes, sit down, plan your life, and know how many more years you have to be active in life. To be very active now before you engage yourself in things. Or else by the time you achieve that thing, so many opportunities are gone. Nowadays, people don't. Somebody who was above 30, getting to 40, was going to the university, came for advice. And I said, What are you going to do? He said, I'm going to do business administration. I said, No, plenty of people are doing business administration. By the time you finish, you'll be 40. And most people don't employ people when they are 40. You don't employ people when they are 40. Fresh from the university, 40 years old, with business administration. And you can't have a first degree in administration and go into consultancy. He says, what, what do I do? I say, do something that can make you get jobs. If you go and do catering, it is easier for a hotel to hire a 40-year-old caterer. If I don't even feel that you will cook better. Yeah. But it is, it is difficult for a company to hire a 40-year-old graduate with business administration. So many young people have business administration who are not yet married, so they can have time to stay in the office up to 10 p.m. and work. They can come to work early. They don't have the troubles of managing husbands and wives and children. So they will go for them. But at 40 and above, if we choose this thing, you will mess up your life. The person didn't listen, went and did it. And now the person now, now is listening to me, now wants to go and do catering. But has wasted four years of her life. Because after getting the business, nobody was employing her. Now she wants to go and do catering. I even said to her that if you study catering in the university and you don't get a job, you can start cooking yourself. It is easier to start a catering uh, business than to start a management consultancy. Because food, people buy it every day. You can also get a job in a hotel. You can even start teaching in the catering school. There are many, many, many catering schools around. You can even start teaching um, from, from there. So sometimes you have to be strategic and you have to think. Am I speaking to you? Then finally, there is the ceremonial there's a ceremonial route. Now, whilst all these other routes starts from the beginning of your life, the ceremonial route is almost the end of your life. Okay, there's an unapproved route. 
Unapproved rules are unethical things you do. Let me just know. But they are what we call the ceremonial rules. You know, you know on Thursday, that is tomorrow, eh, they are blocking some roads in, in, in this Thursday or next Thursday. They are blocking some roads. This tomorrow they are starting the AU summit. The summit coming. They have given a warning. They are blocking some roads. No matter how nice your car is, you can't pass there. They are caused, in Accra, we have some routes called ceremonial routes. When we have a president coming or something, that's the routes they pass. They pass. When you pass there, it's not a ceremonial route. When you pass there, it's a road. But when some people pass there, it becomes ceremonial route. What it means is that they have achieved a lot in life. And therefore, they celebrate them when they are around. Eventually, that should be your aim. That you become so successful. You become so successful. That when you are going to your hometown, they clear the road because you are coming home. Do you know when I'm going to visit my mother? When I'm going to visit my mother, she 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 dresses her house and cleans her chairs and everything. I see somebody, and I'm supposed to be your son. Mama, what are you doing? Hey, we are coming here. God is me, she will call and say that you are coming here. I want to paint my house before you come. Mama, I'm the one coming. He said, yeah, yeah, but you can't come and see some places dirty. So send me money to paint before you come. <laughs> so I'll send her money. You know, when you're above 80, you think differently. So I'll send her money. I'll send her money, and then they'll paint the house. They'll paint places. before. I can. When my sisters were with her, even that one day, it was worse. She will let them work. Yeah, maybe, maybe Bishop will use the um, washroom when she comes. You, go, go and clean them. Mama is clean. Clean, because Bishop will use it. They will clean the gate, and she will not let anybody use there. Bishop is coming. If you are feeling weary, Bishop must come and go before you go there. So everybody will all hold their weary. Bishop is coming. Oh, yeah, yeah. They all hold their weary. Bishop is coming. All the people you call celebrities in Ghana, they are not celebrities. So. They are not. I don't think they are. They are not. Are you here with me? There's one that my graphics aunt did not add, and that is the Jesus route. Jesus said, I am the way. I am the way. He's the way out of every difficult situation. He's the way to your destination. You no, know, I chose the way, the Jesus way, when I was 14 years old. That I see how far we are traveled. Today I just saw something. I think, Pastor Ibi and I think today they are celebrating 11 11 years friendship on Facebook or so. Okay, they say Abraham. I don't know whether it's you or not. It, today is, yeah. And they brought a picture. But it's a picture of me and mommy 11 years ago. So I just sent it to mommy. Me and mommy 11 years ago. Mommy, just 11 years ago. God has got us far. Jesus is the way that will lead you to a good destination. So choose that way. God bless you. Thank you for having time with me.